direct from Music City, this is live from Nashville on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. I knew a man Bojangles and he danced for you in worn out shoes, silver hair and ragged shirt and baggy pants. The old soft shoe jumps so high, jumps so high, and then it lightly touched down. I met him in a sail in New Orleans. I was. I'm your host, Gary Holt, and joining me is my co-host and my lovely wife, Mary Kay. Good morning, Miss Mary Kay. Good morning. Beautiful day in Tennessee. 
Beautiful weather. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. So our friends across the country that are having all this snow and having to dig out, we apologize. But it will get better, I promise. I promise. <laughs> spring is on spring is on its way. Spring is on its way. And uh, and you actually did get out and cut the grass this week. So thank you, darling. It looks great. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, gosh. Well, we have a fantastic show today. We have joined us for the first segment of the show, Mr. John McEwen, and we have been looking forward to having him for quite some time. And then good friends of ours, Twin Kennedy from Canada, who have now relocated to Nashville, are joining us for the second part of the show. So we're going to have a great time today on Live from Nashville. But right now, we're going to listen to a great song from Mr. John McEwen. It's called Fly Trouble. We'll be back in just a moment to talk with John today on Live from Nashville. Did you ever sit straight up in bed with something circling around your head? You swatted it as it whizzes by, and it's just one pesky little fly. Shake your head and twitch your nose. Settle down to sweet repose. Then when you're just about to doze, fly trouble. Buzz, buzz, buzz goes that busy little fly. Buzz, 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 he's taken off in high. You roll a paper nice and tight and wait around for him to lie. But there's a fly that's living right. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Hyde grows on a mule Cause he's a balky, stubborn fool He likes to look at you and glare And never even move a hair But when his muscles start to twitch And when his tail begins to switch That mule ain't bothered with an itch Fly trouble Buzz, buzz, buzz Goes that busy little pest Buzz, buzz, buzz That mule can't get no rest He shakes his head and bats his eye And kicks his heels up to the sky Did you ever see a jassack cry? Buzz, buzz, buzz Dirt Band, 
And, um, you know, John, I have just had so much fun getting ready for today's interview and so excited to talk about your new book, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? How are you doing? Well, uh, after hearing that introduction, I'm looking around to see if it's well, – thank you for all those <laughs> kind words. <laughs> I, I was pretty impressed with that, John. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still feel like I'm auditioning. No, thank you. I, I'm doing well. The book is doing okay. well. Okay. Fly Travel is doing well. That was a Hank Williams Sr. song. He recorded that in 1948 as Luke the Drifter. And uh, I thought it was good to do. <laughs> that oh, it was a great way to start the show. Great way to start the show. So we're so glad yeah. to have you with us. And um, we're going to play that's quite what, a bit of your music. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, I hope she didn't change her mind as you got older, but uh, we won't go there. We won't go there. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, we're, we've got a lot of music that we're going to play, and, uh, and we'll talk about your book that's out, uh, 50th anniversary of Will the Circle Be Unbroken. So that's kind of a cool deal. And, uh, yeah, and then cool. we'll. Brother... Well, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, the book the book is is uh, came about because my brother Bill McEwen was our manager. He also produced our records, and at the same time, he was photographing the Dirt Band in the early years, and he shot all the photos of the sessions of doing "Will the Circle Be Unbroken." There's 150 photographs, and I wrote a story for each one, and it's really wow. uh, uh, it, it's a it's a journey. It's, it really takes you on the trip of an early group of young guys that five years after they got together, uh, we ended up in the studio with all those people, Roy A. Cuff, Doc Watson, Earl Travis, you know, and uh, Earl Scruggs and Vasher Clemens. It was a lot of fun. And wow. the wow. album, the album is still in the top 20 on Amazon charts. Maybe uh, maybe it goes to thirty or maybe fifteen, but it, it's fifty year old album is it's like the dark side of the banjo or the dark side of the moon. <laughs> yeah, I got dark side of well, the it's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable album and an unbelievable lineup of people that participated in that. And uh, we're actually going to get to that as we wrap up the show today. But. Um, uh, tell us about how you and Steve Martin got connected. Well, when I was 16, I was hanging around the magic shop in Disneyland, and so was he. We were both trying to get jobs there. We were both 16 years old, and by the end of a, a month or two, we both got jobs. And it was really a fun time. I worked, worked there for three years in uh, pitching magic tricks by demonstrating them and selling them card tricks, trick decks of cards, the Swingali deck. I held the record. I sold 152 Swingali decks in one day. <laughs> they were only $1.50. Oh, God. Uh, anyway, uh, so Steve and I started hanging out then, and a couple years into it, the banjo came along, thanks to a group called the Dillards, yeah. Exciting me about the banjo. And Steve heard it too. And, and we started playing, stumbling through playing. 
in that 17 and a half, 18th year of mine. And uh, we take breaks and go see the Mad Mountain Ramblers in Frontierland, which the Mad Mountain Ramblers were uh, a bluegrass group that was booked there. David wow. Lindley, Richard, David Lindley, Richard Green, and Chris Darrow, and a couple other players. But David Lindley just passed away, but he was a wonderful player. He played with uh, with Jackson Brown for 15, 20 years, and other people, Warren Zevon. Chris Darrow ended up in the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band a few years later. How about huh. And uh, Richard Green is out there. He started a band called Sea Train, and... It was, but we didn't know anything. We were just teenagers gawking at the stage at other oh. fellow teenagers that were stumbling through music. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I guess I guess two young, wild, and crazy guys. Um, that may be where they came well, from. It's no, that, that came up years later when uh, <laughs> when he was doing Saturday Night Live and. That was something that he had no idea it was going to be as popular as it was. Oh, gosh. Well, I look back and I still think those years with uh, Steve Martin and uh, Chevy Chase and some of those guys were the best years for Saturday Night Live ever. But uh, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then later on, later on, you recorded or produced uh, Steve Martin's Grammy Award winning Bluegrass album, didn't you? Yeah, that was called The Crow, and Steve wasn't very confident about, he said, I don't have enough songs. How about if I do an old uh, a version of Pretty Polly or such and such, naming some old bluegrass tunes? And I said, Steve, write a couple more songs. It'll, you'll be fine. Huh. And and <laughs> he did, and we rec- started recording, and, and it ended up on the bluegrass charts for... I don't know, half a year. Uh, it was number one for a couple months, and it won the Grammy for Best Bluegrass Album of the Year. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Well, you are a multi-talented instrumentalist as well as a great producer and uh, and uh, writer. Uh, I want to get to another song right now, and uh, this is Clear Cut. It's a film score. What film was this from? It was uh, just used, I used it in a documentary, and it was something that that it was uh, recorded live with just me and the fiddle players, Phil Salazar. And it's I always like to try and get a first take or a live version to get the energy that exists in that first take live version kind of situation. And uh, this is just a simple banjo fiddle tune. Clear cut. Well, it is a great one. It is a great one. It's uh, clear cut. We'll be back and talk more with John McEwen today on Live from Nashville. Thank you. 
<laughs> just that's just wonderful. <laughs> I haven't heard that for a while. Uh, Phil Salazar is, it, is really it, good. Did it make you yeah, smile? John McEwen isn't it? bad either. John McEwen yeah, I'm is sitting here grinning through the whole thing. I appreciate you playing it. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, John, I was I've, I've just been um, listening again to "Will the Circle Be Unbroken," and I was thinking about you and how it must have felt for you because you you just went and asked this first generation, you know, this this amazing group of entertainers from back east. You asked them to participate in this, and it just how did you feel when you first met some of your heroes? Being from the West Coast, I mean, had you been exposed to meeting these folks before, like um, Maybell Carter and Merle Travis? No, and... no uh, Earl Scruggs, uh, we were, the Mini Goody Dirt Band played Nashville for the first time in 1970. It was uh, the fall homecoming show, and we heard, I would always go early and help with the setup and stuff, and the stage crew was saying, Earl Scruggs is coming tonight. And they, they were saying the Scruggs family is going to be here and kept muttering about that. And, oh, oh, they aren't coming. He's probably doing the Grand old Opry. And sure enough, to my surprise, Earl came and brought the whole his whole family. Gary oh Scruggs was over there. Now, Gary Scruggs was responsible for that. He was He's the one that played Earl, uh, the Uncle Charlie album, played a few cuts and one of them was Brandy Lynn Rag, one of Earl's hot instrumentals that I was playing on the banjo. And I asked Earl when he came, I said, "Why did you? Why did you come to Earl? Why did you come to see this band? Uh, it was really neat. I was hoping to get to meet him or see him at the Grand Old Opry after yeah. the show, but you know, I didn't. I just wanted to see him. I didn't think I'd meet him. But right. anyway, he said, he said I wanted to meet the boy who played Brandy Lynn Rag the way I intended to." And I never forgot that. And we became friends on the phone over the next six months. And following June, he was in Colorado playing five days at a club called Tulagi's. And I was driving him back to the hotel every night. And the last night I got up the nerve to say, uh, Earl, Earl, would would you consider, do you think, And I I was uh, worried, you know. I didn't want to hear a no. And I said, would would you record with a Nitty Gritty Dirt fan? And he said, I'd be proud to. And I almost almost drove off the road. And the next night, Doc Watson was playing the same club. I was a little bolder. uh, Hi, Doc. I'm John (laughs) McEwen. I'm with the Nitty Gritty Dirt band, and we're doing an album with Earl Scruggs. I want to know if you want to be part of it. And he said, Ooh, your name well, dropping. Well, <laughs> uh, we weren't doing an album yet. He just said, I'd be proud to. And, <laughs> and wow. you know, okay, that's good enough. That means he'd want to do it. And anyway, Doc said, well, if Earl's going to be there, I want to pick too. And so I called my brother that night and we talked for about an hour. And, and I was so excited I could barely get to sleep. And, the the next Monday, Bill called Merle Travis and got him involved. Told you, well, I've always wanted to meet Doc Watson. I've been a big admirer of Doc Watson. And Doc, Doc wanted to meet Merle Travis, and well, that works out. And then I called Earl and said, uh, Earl, do you 
think you could get Maybelle Carter and we could do a couple songs with her? Maybelle Carter was, well, she was a big inspiration to me. I, I loved her music. Flat and Scruggs did an album called Songs of the Famous Carter Family in the early 60s. And I wore mm-hmm. that album out. And he called back the next day and said, maybe I'll be glad to do it. And uh, Oh, wow. I said, hooray. And then my brother and I, we'd been playing Jimmy Martin music. Before the Dirt Band started, Bill and I would play around L.A. clubs. And we did several Jimmy Martin songs. And I said, well, do you think you could get Jimmy Martin? And Earl, Earl said, oh, I'll, I'll ask Louise to call him. <laughs> oh my I just find out later that, that Louise was the one to call him, not Earl. And oh, anyway, and Jimmy jumped on board, and, and then Earl found the fiddle player and and the bass player. We got Norman Blake, and anyway, uh, the album started eight weeks. <clears throat> eight weeks after I asked Earl Scruggs if he wanted to record, we started recording the album. And six days later, we had done 36 songs. Oh, my goodness. We were done. Wow. It was incredible. You know, it was it was incredibly easy, too. I mean, these people were so nice to work with. Uh, it was, some people say, Roy Acuff, he thinks everybody has a right to his opinion. And, um, yeah, well, he... <laughs> He was called the king of country music. Thank you for the laugh. I was, I usually wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew that was coming. Uh, yeah. Oh, and gosh, Jimmy Martin. Funny. Jimmy Martin was the color in bluegrass. Let's say, Jimmy Martin. Hi, I'm Jimmy Martin. I'm the world's best bluegrass singer. Uh, <laughs> nice to meet you, Mr. Martin. But everybody oh, was. He was a, a great rhythm guitar. And uh, mm-hmm. anyway, it, it came together, and we started recording. Wow. So wow. I, and I have a question. I, I know we want to play music, but I have so many questions. So what at what point did you, did you decide to be recording the banter between the songs? Did you recognize that it was significant and important? I didn't. My brother did. My brother ran a tape recorder a separate tape recorder at three and three quarters inches per second and a constant, my my job was to change that tape. It had to be changed every couple hours. And uh, it was capturing all the stuff between the songs as well as the music. And it was uh, something that he thought was important. And I agreed with him, especially the, the part of the album where Merle Travis and Doc Watson meet for the first time. That was really exciting. Because, well, Doc was doing his part, and Travis, we told him to come by to see Doc Watson, and he shows up, and he starts talking. I said, "Uh, just a minute. uh, And I had to move a microphone in front of his mouth so (laughs) so we could hear him. (laughs) My brother's in the control room going, motioning me to move it over and get get the mic here. And it was really uh, okay. a, a, a seat-of-the-pants kind of operation there for a bit. But the tape running all the time gave him a lot of uh, dialogue to edit in. The album was done in six days, but 
it took uh, five months to make the record. And that means it was editing and uh, the cover was very extensive. And yeah. it came out the following uh, March or April. And uh, mm-hmm. it was recorded in August. It didn't come out till April. And it was wonderful. Well, so man, it was still it, is. Was it an album? Was it an album of all first takes, or did you um, did you guys do any second takes? Some of the songs had to be done more than once. One of Earl's instruments, right. we had to do it seven times until Earl was happy with the track. And yes. when he was happy, you knew he was happy. Yeah, because he says, okay, that's it. That's a good one. Let's keep that. Let's go. Yeah. And next next we'll do. And some of them were first take with Earl. Right. But well, uh, every artist, we, we, yeah, knew, every... we knew, pardon I, every artist has their style of recording, so I was wondering that. As you had so many big names, they all have their different creative process. I don't know if these people thought of it that way. They were just recording their songs. Maybell Carter made yeah. her first record. She made her first record in 1927 in Bristol, Tennessee, with AP and Sarah Carter, and they did it acoustically. They sat in front of a big megaphone that was cutting right to the disc and non-electric and they were just recording their songs. And with uh, Maybell, we only had, well, we knew we had one take with her. We didn't want to wear her out, you know, and with Vassar, you don't need more than one take. (laughs) And Jimmy Martin, Jimmy Martin, I think his songs were all, all but one was one take, first take. And that created a, a, a strange situation in the studio because <laughs> we, we'd uh, allowed uh, five hours for Merle Travis, but in an hour and a half, he was done. <laughs> 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 the, the first song took eight minutes. I mean, from set up to playing it to being finished. And what the beauty oh, wow. of two tracks, two tracks, when you were done recording, you were done. You didn't go in and remix. It was two tracks. It yeah. was a stereo mix. And, well, in that case, we just did four songs. Oh, <laughs> maybe wow. an hour and a half. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe it was five. And uh, so we ended up, instead of making a double album, it became triple. And wow. a triple vinyl set. You can only put about you could cram 18, 19 minutes on a side on on an LP. And mm-hmm. this LP was, we were doing, Bill put there was as much information as he could on each side. And uh, it's different than a CD, which you can, you can record on both sides of a CD, actually. But uh, a CD, you can do an hour. Yeah. Yeah, hour hour and ten minutes. It's, it's a different process, and uh, it was really exciting. Mm-mm. I want to get to another song real quick. This is one called "Traveling Mood." Tell us about this one, John. Oh wow! Okay, uh, this is a song that I finger pick guitar on, and David Bromberg plays, and then uh, 
Matt Gartshonis and Andy Gessling from the Railroad Earth Band and Skip Ward. It's from an album called Made in Brooklyn. And it's just uh, a fun song. <laughs> this is one song. Right. Also. I recorded this, recorded this uh, oh, 2018, I think it was. Wow. Well, let's take a listen to Traveling Mood. Let's talk to Traveling Mood. Let's talk to John McEwen when we come back on Live from Nashville.
Best Traveling Mood, John McEwen. And you are listening to Live from Nashville, heard around the world at EquestrianLegacy.net, on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes. And, uh, John, it's kind of... It's kind of fun just visiting with you, and you have been uh, kind of an idol of mine. But for my wife, a real idol. She has just had a ball uh, getting (laughs) ready for this show. Uh, You know, it's like okay, you just you just do the conversation. But but we're also starting to run out of a little time. And uh, one Mm -hmm. of the things that I wanted to ask you, you have performed with everybody. I mean, literally, it's a who's who list of people that you have performed with over the years. But is there anyone that you have not performed with that you would still like to do a performance with? Yeah. Yeah, I hope someday to play with John Fogarty or Paul McCartney. Oh, uh, wow. I met both of them. Fogarty is, uh, well, let's say... uh, I have trouble saying he's a fan of mine, so I'll just say it. He's a fan of some of my recordings. I'll put it that way. Okay. And McCartney, right. McCartney she, uh, when I met him, he goes, oh, yes, Nizzy Gritchie. Uh, uh, who was it? Dave Clark gave me one of the album with uh, Uncle Charlie with the, the, with the Bojangles on it. It really surprised me. <laughs> that, <laughs> he, he knew that. He was really uh, gosh. Gosh. So years ago, years ago, John, um, Paul McCartney was with a group called Wings. And they came to Lebanon, Tennessee to do some recording with Curly Putman. And um, and my dad owned an old five and ten cent store. You remember the old dime stores that were everywhere? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so he had he had a dime store in Lebanon, and uh, and I was managing that store for him at the time. And Linda McCartney came in looking for a suitcase or something. I don't know what she was looking for, but uh, but I got to I got to help Linda, and that was like <laughs> the thrill, you know. And uh, but Isn't that, that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was so long ago, yeah. so long ago, long ago. Well, well, he was very uh, nice. Well, I'm sure that he was, and uh, uh, we all grew up listening to the Beatles back in those days. But uh, yeah. one of the fellas that you have performed with is Leon Russell, and you did uh-huh. a song called "Back in History." Can you tell oh, us a little bit a... about that song? You and he wrote well, that I was one, in I think. Nashville. I was in Nashville. It was about midnight, and I was coming back from Kinko's. I was sending some, getting some press stuff made up, and somebody starts yelling, John McEwen, John McEwen. And I, it was Leon's son, Teddy Jack. And uh, he says, hey, Dad and I just got back into town from the road. Come on, Want to come out to the house? I said, Teddy, it's, it's midnight. He goes, well, you know my dad. He doesn't go to bed at <laughs> 5 or 6 o'clock. Uh, and so an hour later, we were in the studio at Leon's house and I was playing the guitar kind of like that last cut that was playing and Leon goes I didn't know you played guitar like that and let me play along with you and, and he started playing his keyboard and then we laid down a track and then he started singing and I did a mandolin and a bass and and he did the keyboard drums and anyway he, we came up with this song 
he wrote the words, and uh, I was playing the music, and he was doing that too. And I met Leon in 1966 when he was before he was Leon Russell. He was Leon Russell, but he was just being a session player in L.A. And right. he stopped in a he stopped in a Dirt Band rehearsal and listened to a few songs. He said, "Would you boys like a recording contract?" And I said, "Oh no, no, sir. We just signed one with Liberty Records." And he said, "Oh, mind if I listen?" And he listened, and we became friends after that. Uh, he and I stayed in communication every year or so. And one time he called me up to see if I could come to L.A. and play on Bill Wyman's album. And that blew me away. But wow. I showed up at the studio a couple of days later, and <laughs> that was fun. I was on the road with the Dirt Band in an Iowa motel waiting for the show. We were all in one room just kind of hanging out and the phone rings and Jeff goes, John, it's for you. It's Leon Russell. <laughs> this was 1974. <laughs> he was, a, he was a big shot. Hey, Leon, how you well, doing? Yeah. And anyway, I said, sure. I'll be glad to talk to him. And I had to say, Hey Jeff, who's Bill Wyman? <laughs> he goes, he plays bass in the Stones. Why? Oh, I just want <laughs> Hi Bill. I'm glad to meet you. And, Anyway, sure, I'll, I'll come out and be there in a couple of days. And I went out and recorded on his first solo album, Monkey Grip, it was called. And uh, <laughs> uh, some of the music was strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I didn't give my, let's put it this way, I didn't give my mother a copy of the records. Oh gosh Well let's take a listen to Back in History This is John McEwen and Leon Russell You're listening to Live from Nashville Jerusalem and Lebanon, all the holy land. 
Grenades and bombs are blowing up every boy in Maine. Every day, something just seems to go wrong. I say, how could this be? It was way back in history. Circle be unbroken 
the landmark album at 50 years old with the one that is currently out there and doing quite well. And well, that, that's available on Amazon also. Or you can get signed copies by going to landmarkbooksellers.com in Franklin, Tennessee. Landmark okay. Booksellers. And uh, right. they uh, they get requests for – they're only about a mile from my house. So I go in and sign some books every now and then. And All right. That, that's – that's the way I can get them signed. <laughs> or well, and, and and also, I just, don't you have a new album? You have a new album that's coming out a little bit later. Well, that's this end of this summer. There'll be a new album okay. on Compass Records, and uh, up until then, uh, let's see. The 16th, I'm in Buffalo. 17th, Albany. 18th, Manchester, New Hampshire, and 19th, West Yarmouth. And then uh, 21st at Ramshead in Am- Annapolis, 22nd in wow. Pittsburgh. And wow. there's more days, but uh, we, you can go to my website and find out what they are. All right. Well, I'm, when the I'm new album is my, out, pardon, pardon? Hey, go ahead. No, that's all right. Go I, on. I'm, I'm going out with a, uh, my uh, Les Thompson was the original Dirt Band bass player. He's the guy that called me. In 1966, wondering if I, hey, you want to join up with the guys at the music store? We're starting a band, and that's where the beginning of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band was in 1966. Oh wow! It was really weird. Les was 16 years old, maybe 17, and I was 20, and I was the oldest. (laughs) Still am, (laughs) but (laughs) babies. And Les has been playing with me for the last seven years. It's really fun. Well, when the new album is out, John, we'd love to have you come back and let us share music from that and uh, and visit with you a little bit more because you have more and more stories to tell. Well, Would you come back? Yes, there are. <laughs> Would I? Yes. Of course. All right. Yay. All right. Awesome. All right. Like I, like I said to my mom, thanks for having me. Well, <laughs> well, thanks for coming. I'm sure she said the same thing. Thanks for coming on out. So anyway, well, we're going to close out this segment of the show with Will the Circle Be Unbroken? And, uh, yeah. John, you've been absolutely fantastic. Thanks so much for being yeah. with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. Appreciate All right. it. Will the circle be unbroken? We'll be right back.
much fun talking with John McEwen today, and man, he can tell some tales, can he? Sure can. Man, we could have spent maybe two hours doing the show. But well, I thought we were going to. Having. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, <laughs> well, I I'm had kidding. enough questions to fill two hours. I know you did. But we have some phenomenal guests that are coming up next yes. on Live from Nashville. 
and uh, and I am excited to have Twin Kennedy joining us. And I've known these young ladies for seven or eight years, I guess, but uh, they just seem to get better and better and better. And we look forward to talking with them in just a minute. But right now, let's take a listen to a great song from their EP, Homebound. It's called Call It Love. Twin Kennedy will be back in just a moment. What do you say we just let go? for joining us and uh, Mary Kay has been excited to have you on yes. the show today. <laughs> well, we have well, to. We... It's great to hear both of your voices again. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. So what have you girls been doing with pandemics and uh, uh, everything else going on for the last couple of years? Because it's been a while since you were on Campfire Cafe. And, uh, I know uh, it has. A lot yeah, has happened I, I told since you. we saw you last. Well, yeah, tell me. No kidding. We we go back now, right? <laughs> well, we do because I we were just talking uh, before we started with this segment that I think 
uh, you girls were just children when I first met you about seven or eight years ago. <laughs> and we met, I think, before we had made the official move to Nashville. We've been in Nashville now about six right. years, maybe a little more um, since coming from Canada. But, yeah, since we talked last, lots of new stuff has happened uh, musically. We've got a, a whole new record out with the song you just played, uh, Call It Love. And that's been such an, a wonderful journey for us. Uh, it's called Homebound. And so... Originally, the the plan was that we would be making a homebound tour all the way. We'd go to Nashville, go all the way back to Canada. And oh, then, yeah. you know, this thing called the pandemic happened, and then homebound took on a whole new meaning. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Actually, homebound. It's yeah, your so we were homebound. the title of that album. That's what did it. That's right. <laughs> Blame it on Twin Kennedy. But, yeah, we uh, so things, you know, they got pushed. They got postponed, but we were still able to, to put it out, and it's, it's done a lot of great things for us, so we're really grateful. Well, Mary Kay and Mary Kay uh, was not really familiar with you girls until I introduced her to you virtually through your music. And, uh, and yeah. one of the things that she said the other day was we'd look at some early video, and you guys do great video, by the way. Congratulations thank on you. some awesome, oh, well, awesome you. video. But one of the things that she said going back and listening to early videos and, and now she said, man, they have really grown. And uh, I said, well, yeah, they were just babies when they started. But you just get better and better and better all the time. Well, that means so well, much. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely. You're goal, very welcome. You, know? like, you, you learn so much, I think, by doing. And that's what we've we've always yes. said. And then you. You learn to surround yourself, and I'm sure, Mary Kay, you would agree with this. You, you learn to surround yourself with um, amazing, talented people, and we're so lucky to work with, video-wise, just incredible videographers and directors, and they'll take uh, the the song and the ideas we have and make it come to life. So it's it's one of our favorite parts of of the artistic process, for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, who does your video really work? Do you have that done here in Nashville? We have yeah, we've done I'm sorry. a lot of our videos back a lot of our videos we filmed back in Canada. So with the Homebound okay. album, um we did actually and you can check out on our website, on our blog, we talked about filming the video for Call It Love, which you just played, and another song off the record called Blind Spot, um, which we filmed um in B C as well in a beautiful location. We we hiked into a waterfall it was freezing cold and we were barefoot in gowns. You know, we just, we're always just pushing the envelope. Uh, but we, we filmed two videos in two days and uh, that was very ambitious of us, but we take, you know, we take on a lot of these, these cool projects and it's, it's really fun. And like Julie said, it's, it's one of our favorite parts of seeing the music, like not just li- hearing it and listening, but allowing it to come to life visually through, through videos. And, you know, a yes. lot of the videos have, have done some exciting things for us in the last year. We won a East Coast Music Award. We won a Music NL Award for our music video for Wise Woman, uh, which we did with our dear friend Mallory Johnson. So it's pretty nice to get that recognition, but also just to create something that you're proud of. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. A visual visual component to the music as well. Totally. Well, we're going to be sharing. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I always say my favorite um my my test i should say for like a, knowing that a song 
is going to be on a future record is when you finish writing it and you immediately can picture the music video. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a great point. That's it's a, so yeah. fun. Create so a picture, we'll, yeah. Yeah, we'll sometimes be already dreaming of, of what the music video can be, and I'm like, okay, I know that this one's, this one's a keeper. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I'm I'm going like to encourage our audience around the world to go to YouTube and and search for Twin Kennedy and take a look at the videos that they've got because they're absolutely outstanding and uh, very creative, very very creative. But I wanted to ask Aww. about Homebound because we're going to be sharing music from the EP Homebound today. So, how did this project come about? Was it homebound? Were you homebound when the project started? <laughs> we were homebound once the project was done uh, and ready to come out, you know. But um, but it was a uh, something that that we both uh, worked towards for a lot of years writing. And as we, you know, our previous record before homebound was a Christmas album, which we we love doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we still play Christmas shows and play those songs every year when the holiday season comes around, but it was, it had been a while since we'd done, you know, non-Christmas music and put something out. So it was really important for us to find our sound and find what, um, what we wanted in terms of, of the songs and the stories we wanted to share. And, you know, both of us now being in Nashville and finding our, um, our wonderful uh, loved ones here and just building our new life. It, it's kind of like having, we say two homes, you know, being split across borders and so we wanted to to tell those stories and share um share them through songs we had a lot of new music and and spent a lot of time whittling down the song choices and (laughs) deciding what they would be and recorded here in nashville with an amazing team one of our good friends dustin olian who's a canadian producer and um and so many great musicians so it was just it was a dream to to be able to finally see those songs come to life and to be able to do create an album, an EP that really represented the sound and the vision that we uh, really wanted. Well, I love the EP. You did a beautiful, beautiful job with it. And right now we're going to get to the title cut, Homebound, and come back and talk more with Twin Kennedy today on Live from Nashville.
Gorgeous title cut for your new EP. This is just such a beautiful song. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you so much. You know, it's whenever we prepare for Live from Nashville, our home is just filled with the music of our guests. Um, our home is kind of designed in a way that the sound kind of reverberates through it. <laughs> and so it's been <laughs> such a pleasure to have your music just in our home this week. Um, one of the one of the thoughts I have as a fellow artist when I listen to your music is this deep sense of uh, a deep dedication to beauty, and then to see your videos as well. It seems like you both have a real feel and eye for for beauty, and I love that because I've noticed living here in Nashville, every artist has to kind of you know find find that connection that they have as an artist to their listeners and I I get sad when I see especially women kind of losing you know trying to be I don't know not that you guys aren't tough and cool but trying to give up some of that beauty of womanhood to, to to be more gritty you know more aggressive in music but your music it just brings such beauty with it and um, is that intentional, or, or do you guys, do you have to have distance about this, or is just, this just your creative process? Wow, well, thank you so much. That really is so kind of you to say, and that, I feel like you really, like, tapped into something that's so important to us as, as women and as artists. Um, certainly, we think about, you know, the overall message and the overall um, word that I'm looking for it like the vibe. the whole vibe. <laughs> What's that, Joel? Yeah, I, that's the vibe. a good word. <laughs> yeah, that you that you want. And for us as artists, I mean, like you said, we've been doing it since we were babies. We started out as little girls um, playing in a family band with our dad and our other sister in Canada. So we've been playing together, singing since we were so young. And so our love for performing for creating music always started first with 
with creating beautiful music. I mean, just making it sound beautiful and coming back to the real instruments and, and creating that sound. Yeah. But also, we've never been, I mean, you, you say that, it's so true. In Nashville, people are like, even when you want to be a little edgy or a little dark, and um, we have no problem sharing, like, our albums will go through, and our shows, two different and downs and the highs and the lows. But the truth is, is that our goal always when we're on stage or sharing music is that we leave people feeling better than when they came. So if it's beauty and it's positivity, that is not, that is just exactly what we're hoping for. And we're not the edgiest gals on the block, so we don't pretend <laughs> yeah, to like be. We're not, not big party girls. So we don't write a lot no. about that. And we write a lot about our guys. Artistically, so you could explore yeah. that in the future, but, but you know, you just, <laughs> I'm not saying that you should only do one thing, but it's just um, <laughs> the other the other thing I was thinking about as as you guys um, perform and make your videos, they're just so they're a perfect complement visually to what you produce sonically, and in that they're just very easy on the eyes, easy on the ears. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so that really means so much. <laughs> So Gary, well, I've enjoyed that conversation. That was <laughs> uh, that, from a woman's perspective. That was pretty cool. Well, I want to get to another song, and this one is called "Little Life." Tell us about this song. Oh, this song! I that's one of my favorites. It was actually written just by the two of us. We were in the middle of a tour, and we were driving through a bunch of cute little towns, and they all have little streets with little houses, little white picket fences. And I just remember chatting with Carly. I was driving and she was like, man, every little house on this street is someone's life story and someone's love story. And then as she does, like Carly literally started kind of playing air guitar. And she's like, yeah, I want to get a little house on a little street. And she started singing the first (laughs) line of the song. I was like, that's so good. When did you come up with that? And she's like, I just made it up. And so we put the voice recorder on her phone. She pulled her guitar out, and we literally wrote half the song in the car in the middle of driving. And luckily, you know, I was driving, so it was still safe. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. Yeah, I was going to ask about the writing process, but that kind of explains it a little bit. But right now, yeah, let's listen to <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's listen to Little Life. We'll come back and talk more with Julie and Carly Kennedy in just a moment. I just want to get a little house on a little street with a little
I remember crying in the booth because I was like, this is exactly what I pictured it sounding like with full band. And so it was That's pretty amazing. cool. I think we, we recorded it a couple more times, but I was like, well, that was it. You know, it's so special. And then it, as Carly said earlier, it turned into our first single where we wore ball gowns in a waterfall. So it really has taken on a life of its own. <laughs> and it's a song. It's blind spot is, is a place that, that sometimes you can get put in a relationship that's not meant to be. And so, uh, so I always say to the crowd when we're playing this one live, I, I like to say, you know, you never deserve to ever be put in someone's blind spot. And, and that's what this song is about. Well, it is another great song and is from the EP Homebound. We're talking with Julie and Carly Kennedy, and we'll be right back on Live from Nashville. Yeah. 
Wow, wow. Beautiful, beautiful song. It's called Blind Spot. It is from the EP Homebound. And we are talking with our very special guest, Julie and Carly Kennedy. And um, you girls are so much fun to talk with. Always great to have <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. By the way, I yeah. want to mention, you know, you, you, the Christmas album came out how many years ago? That was in 2017. Oh, yeah. So, so you girls were on the show on the Campfire Cafe after that album came out, and we recorded a Christmas show with you. And That's if right. I am not mistaken, yeah, if I am not mistaken, almost every year after that, I have replayed that show because it was so much fun Aww. and such great music. Yeah. So maybe this hey. year we'll have to have you come back and we'll do another live show and share your Christmas music. And maybe we'll do it on live from Nashville this time. That would be so cool. That would be great. That'd That's be a great cool. idea. Yeah, yeah. But you girls are absolutely phenomenal. I do want to ask, uh, Julie, you're going through cancer treatments right now. And, uh, and Hi. you know, you've shared it on social media, so... Uh, we wanted to be careful about asking, but how are you doing? Well, thanks for asking. It means so much. Um, I'm honestly, I say I have more good days than bad days now, and I'm really grateful for it. It is obviously the craziest, most insane journey I've ever been on, and I think that's saying a lot from <laughs> from musicians who moved yes. across countries and um, and just been all over the world. I mean, we've had some crazy experiences, but this one is definitely thrown me for a loop. But I have to say, amidst all the the roller coaster that it feels like we've been riding, I'm also just absolutely engulfed by love and support. So much of that comes from social media and then from friends and fans and and family, of course. I'm I'm overwhelmed in the best way, I say, because I've just been shown so much support and it's something that I'm incredibly grateful for and just the chance to be able to to focus on on just my healing and and know that I have this this love surrounding me is is pretty incredible. Well, we love you and uh and yeah. a lot of people don't know this but my wife is one of the best prayers around and says does beautiful prayers and so we we are keeping you in our thoughts and prayers constantly and uh, thank you that truly helps so much it really does and i feel it i i can i can feel the healing from all of that support and your prayers mean the world well we'll we'll continue to keep you in our prayers and and look forward to a full recovery in the not too distant future you're welcome. Yeah, so we'll say so, that the next show, the next radio show we do with you, we'll be celebrating that I'm cancer-free. How about that? All right. Yes, all right. All that. right. Yes. Well, we'll just we'll <laughs> just go ahead and plan on uh, we'll plan on doing that, and we'll plan on it being a Christmas show, which is a great time to celebrate I, things. I love it. Okay, sounds like. All fun. right. All right. We got a plan. <laughs> Well, where can people get your music and uh, and follow you guys on social media and your website? Give us all that information. Well, you can find us on um, anyone who searches. You'll find twinkennedy.com. 
is going to have links to all our social media and our blog. Julie's sharing a lot more about her cancer journey there and, um, and also the links to um, more information about, you know, what she's going through for anyone else that might be experiencing that as well. Um, you know, she's really encouraging everyone to, to go get checked. If you, if you notice anything like that, so I think a big part of your, your message, Jules, you know, to share with people um, because like she said, it's just such an unexpected thing and journey that we never would have anticipated. Um, um, so that's a great place to stay in touch, not just for that, but for all, all of the musical stuff as well. Um, and you can find us on any of the social media at Twin Kennedy. All right. All right. So we, we loved having you guys on the show. Look forward to having you back again, and we'll have a celebration at that time. But uh, I'm going to close this segment with a song called Wise Woman. And if I am not mistaken, uh, I was in Utah with Mary Kay at the time, and we actually watched this thing uh, streaming or something. Tell us about that whole experience of, of the show Wise Woman and the song. Yeah, this song we wrote with one of our best friends, uh, fellow Canadian artist Mallory Johnson. And when it was written, it, it was it really is our female empowerment anthem. It was all about our experiences going through the music industry as women and different things that we had all shared. So we're sitting, you know, around girls' night, wine, cheese, and just talking about those experiences. And this song came out of that. And when it was finished, all three of us were like, oh, we want to record this. So then we decided, let's put it out as a collaboration. So it was really special. We released the song uh, with Mallory as well, three-part harmonies, and uh, went on to create a whole live show during the pandemic that was uh, featuring many other wise women, uh, Canadian artists who live in Nashville, and it was all a virtual concert. So people can check that out. It's also on our site and on our social media, um, the song Wise Women and also Wise Women the Show which features a ton of other incredible women artists and their stories. They share advice um, and they share uh, different feedback on things they've been through as women performers, but it's, it's not just musicians. I think as women, we all go through um, similar experiences in many different industries. And that was our goal with this song is to reach um, that wide audience. And, and it really, it really did. It took off for us and it was, it's been a, an amazing um, song, but also just an incredible journey for us putting that out. Well, it was it was phenomenal, and uh, so many talented Canadian women that are now here in Nashville. It's just mind blowing. <laughs> the and, Canadian uh, Club, we call it. Down I'm telling you, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's not in the bottle. It's not what you get in the bottle. It's you know, it's, it's not right. that Canadian Club. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, you girls are absolutely phenomenal, and we've loved having you join us today. We look forward to having you back, and uh, and we're going to be keeping you in our prayers, Julie, and you, Carly, because, you know, these illnesses don't just affect the person going through it, but it also affects the family and the people that love them. So yes. we'll be keeping you all in our prayers. But uh, well, we're going we're gonna to close this. Well, you're welcome. We're going to close this one with Wise Woman, and uh, it's Twin Kennedy from the album Homebound. Girls, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so thank much you for so having us on the show. Us. We thank love you. You're very well. Love you guys, too.
Here we go. Wise woman. Another year still looking younger than my age. But that don't matter. I'm told to lie about it anyway. Cause you can't get old and you can't act young. Take another trip around the sun if you want to be wise woman. Another man not really listening to what I say. My education and his opinion ain't the same. If you know what's right, don't prove him wrong. Play nice, play house, and play along if you want to be wise woman. If I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't stand there in that line. I'd be standing out. I'd sit pretty at the head of the table. I'd be a lady. one called Wise Woman. And uh, Mary Kay, this has been a fun show today. It really has. It's, it's, I've had so much fun 
even just getting ready for the show. And then the conversations were amazing. Well, it's pretty cool. And uh, and John John McEwen has so much history and so many stories Mm -hmm. that he can share. It's just a joy visiting with him. And uh, we're going to encourage people to get the book, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? And if you don't have the album, you can still get that. But uh, check out John's website. As he said, his mother named the website John McEwen, and he added the .com. So that's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) And and then, of course, uh, Julie and Carly Kennedy, twin Kennedy, uh, the twin sisters from Canada that now call Nashville home. And uh, just a joy to visit with them. And we want to be sure and keep Julie in our prayers as she goes through her cancer treatment. Well, it has been so much fun live from Nashville. Is it everything that you thought it would be, Mary Kay? Um, honestly, no. It's different than I thought it would be. How so? I thought um, it's less frightening than I thought it would be. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's definitely it's definitely so um, – I really get excited to learn about our artists and hear their music, and just have a little bit of a conversation with them. I'm really enjoying it. Well, good. I've created a monster. I've created a co-host, so that's <laughs> all right. But it's it's a lot of fun. Well, we're going to wrap up this show, and uh, we invite you to join us next Saturday at noon Central Standard Time for Live from Nashville. And we remind you to join us on Thursdays beginning at noon for the Campfire Cafe and Saddle Up America. All of these shows are heard directly from our website, equestrianlegacy.net. And then you can listen to all the podcasts on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iTunes. I'm going to close the show today with a song that I think should be Grammy-nominated. And this is a song that was written by two friends, Andy Renfrey and Helene Cronin, but it is performed by my beautiful wife, Mary Kay Holt. And uh, before we play this, Mary Kay, how did how did you decide to record it? Because Helene and Andy both are performers as well as writers. How did you decide to record this song? Um, I made the decision as soon as I heard the song. They had... Um... Neither one of them recorded it. It was available, and it was not anything that I like I've recorded before. Well, that's not true. I've recorded similar songs before, but I just felt this one, and so I'm glad I had the honor to record it. Well, it is a beautiful song, and we're going to close the show out with this one today. It's called Unbecoming. You can get this as a single from her website, marykayholt.com. It's unbecoming. And thanks for listening today for Live from Nashville. We'll see you next week. Wish I'd never started wearing a life that wasn't Trying to meet the expectations 
I'd never stop 